This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks, to season two of Chewing the Cud. It's good to be back after such a long break of three weeks, I think it is. Uh, looking forward to the new season. Optimism abound, even from me, which is a strange one. Uh, delighted to be joined again by co-hosts Richie and Collie. How are you doing, lads? Hey, Joe, how are hey, you? Hey, Joe. How's things? All, all good, all good, pal. Uh, we're in nearly the end of the silly season now, Colly, your favourite part of the season. Uh, it looks like it's going to be the three lads in, if not today, tomorrow. Or just hurry up and do it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like being at the dentist. It's just ridiculous. But I know you like all this kind of stuff, Colly, don't you? I love it, Joe. Genuinely love it. I, every day, I, I, not only just from an Everton point of view, I just love the whole transfer uh, window uh, from all clubs, just to see how different players move the clubs. And then you, almost like a, a domino effect, Joe. As soon mm. as one player goes to one club, there's a, another club comes in. And it's it just, I find it fascinating. And even in the financial crisis as such that we're going through at the moment, there's still a serious amount of money being uh, spent on players. Not just by, again, Everton, but you look at Chelsea. Now, Chelsea obviously had the transfer ban, and, but they've only spent something like 40 or 50 million net on all the players that they've brought in. So I, I just find it fascinating, Joe. And, and, you know, and even today now we've been linked with a couple of players. I'm sure we'll talk about that today, later on in the podcast. But, you know, I love, I love, this, uh, I love this window. I don't particularly like the, the winter window. The summer window for me is the, the best one. Yeah. I, it's not that I don't like the, the window. I, I like the signings. I just don't like all this. Oh, Raquel May was at Liverpool Airport. Someone was in McDonald's. Someone was in the Weatherspoons. Richie, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it to, to a point, um, but I suppose I'm just at a stage personally now where my anxiety is going to take over because I just want something over the line. <laughs> you know, I, I think if it happened two days ago, I was ready for, for it to peak and for, for it all to, to happen. But yeah, as things drag on, they just start to play, I suppose, because it's us that's involved. It is interesting, you know, obviously seeing everything, but I think the social media aspect of it has kind of taken a lot from it too because it's, you have negativity, you have, you know, and, you have kind of fake accounts and you have stuff kind of driving, mm. you know, false agendas and stuff like that. And it can be just a little bit much. And it's affected my work this week too, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, refreshing re- Twitter and looking at forums and stuff like that. So the sooner it's signed, the sooner I can get back to work. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I literally just torn it off. I just, and, and it's, it's copy and paste. That's, that's the thing that it's the same regurgitation of, Oh, Hamas said this, Hamas said that, Hamas's uncles, hamsters, dogs, aunties, stop. But just, just sign and get it over with. And we'll get into, we'll get into the, the, the three main ones anyway, Collie. Uh, I say if, it's not done there, but I think if we can get Hamas Rodriguez into our football club, that is a major, major coup. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, for so many reasons, Joe, um, to be honest with you. Um, the first reason I'd actually go for it would be uh, he's 60 million followers on social media. So 60 million people around the world looking at James Rodriguez in an Everton top. People that may have never even heard of the club, particularly in South America. 
Mm-hmm. Um, from a footballing point of view, there's no denying the quality that he has. Um, and I think he'd fit well in, in into our team. And given the fact that Angelotti now, fingers crossed, he does get him over the line, this will be the tour time that Angelotti ha- has had him. Um, I've, read, I've heard and I've read a few things about him. He's an attacking player and, and I don't think he'd be one for you know, defending, let's say. Mm. But uh, he, he'd be a bit special up around the box and certainly player that could play on on the right of a 4-3-3 and come in because the left foot is a bit special, Joe, you know? Yeah. And plus, Joe, uh, the main thing for me, this chap is a winner. And he'd go to the likes of uh, Anfield or Chelsea or Arsenal or Man U and he won't give up, you know? And that's what we need. Angelotti talked about mentality and this guy has it. He's a winner mentality. As does the other two now, in fairness, Joe, that we've been heavily linked with as well. But uh, this guy, you know, he won't he, he won't give up or he won't just sit down once he sees whoever we're playing. This, this, this lad is a quality footballer. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Rich, uh, there's a slight doubt about his fitness, maybe? That's why he hasn't played so much? Uh, I think in the, in, in the season just gone, I think it was kind of more along the Garrett Bale lines where he was more frozen out by Zidane as opposed to being injured because he, he did kind of play bit parts here and there. Um, and Madrid just tend to do that. Sometimes they just don't have enough room for all the superstars they have, you know, and he's been the been one that had, whether due to injuries and, and, and whatnot, that he hasn't been included. But he's, I mean, again, if you're not playing games, you know, if you're only playing, you're probably more likely to pick up injuries. So I think getting him a run of games could probably help him in, in, in that regard. Um, yeah. Either way, it's not someone that you can turn your nose up if we have the chance of signing someone at that, at that caliber. You know, he's a he's a world superstar. He's world class. Uh, for me, he's the biggest player that that we'll ever have signed by by a long shot. You know, because um, Collie said there's something about you know his work rate and things like that. Actually, that's something that Ancelotti mentioned in his book when he when he signed him at Madrid. That it was um, you know he said that people felt that he had to play him because they spent. 60 odd million on him or whatever but he said that he he was having him in the side because he knew his work rate his dedication and that he was kind of you know that it wasn't just oh yeah give me the ball in front of goal that he'd work back and everything so I think that there is a, a big work ethic there and it's something that he knows that he's going to get from him because he needs it in this side Yeah I think he like again I'm saying if it's not off the line but it's kind of 70% with it that he'll come but he will be the main man in midfield Kelly. He'll, he'll pull all the strings We see this uh, brings up another question, Joe, and I, I don't mean to kind of throw a, a curveball here at you, but like you bring in the three lads that were were, were uh, linked with. So what what formation does he play? You know, at Madrid, uh, Carlo played a four two three one with Rodriguez in the side. You know, I, I read a, quite an in depth article, and uh, the chapter wrote the article reckons he'd be he'd be better in a four three three situation. So, yeah, he, he, he certainly would be uh, very influential and could also see possibly Sigerson going out the door if he were to get James Rodriguez over the line. Yeah. There's talk as well, Rich, of this Sigerson being like a sitting midfielder. I know he's tried him a couple of times, but would that work really? Especially um, if we're going to bring in Alan and Dakari. Yeah, I saw where he played him kind of against Blackpool and he, he seemed to be kind of sitting really deep for, for himself anyway but I, I 
I really don't see it happening now with the now with the signings coming in. Mm. And as well, say Alan is kind of the the obvious choice to go there. I think Gabavin comes in that he's a sitting midfielder as well. So I really don't see that as an option. He possibly could have something to add. Um because you now have legs in midfield that if you're going back kind of playing three behind where you can probably get a little bit more time on the ball because you've someone doing the work for him. But other than that, I mean, he, he's an expensive kind of someone sitting there to, with the chance that you bring him in every so often, you know, and if you cannot float him, it's probably the right thing for, for all parties, really. Yeah. There's talk of MLS, Collie, but that, that might be down the line rather than imminent. With Sigerson, Joe, was it? Yeah, with Sigerson, yeah. I, uh, I read a report quite a while ago uh, indicating that Sheffield United may be interested in him. Uh, now, uh, their manager came out this week and he's hoping to add at least four or five players before the end of the window. Wouldn't surprise me if Sigerson may be one of them players. Mm. I think his wages is just one of the sticking points, really, Richard. That's, that's, just, the, that's the thing yeah. goes as wages, yeah. What's yeah. he on about one twenty, one forty, something but, um, like that? Yeah, and he's got he's got twelve months left. Uh, he's in around a hundred. So he's mm. so he's, so he's six, yeah, six, 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 right. twelve months unless we leave him going alone and kind of <laughs> just, just just to get him off the books. But look to go back to to Rodriguez. I think what what, what you'd be getting there in in assists and and goals and everything like that. I I see him, you know, probably someone who. would they said drift in and out of games, but when he gets on the ball, that he can kind of be match winning, you know, just turning a draw into a win, something special, something like, like we were saying, kind of in that we need someone to get us off our seats a little bit more. And mm. I think he's definitely the man to do it. Yeah. I think I spoke as well uh, a lot last year about having someone like with a bit of bite, a bit of kick, like you said, call you a bit of snide. I think Alan is that man, really, isn't he? Uh, that man and, and more, Joe, to be honest with you, I, I, I've seen clips uh, over the last couple of weeks and this is a, a player that celebrates making a tackle. If he jumps up after making a, a great tackle and starts punching the ground or punching the air in celebration, you know. He's this a tackle fella yeah. as well, isn't he? I don't know what height he is, Joe. I don't think he's no, I mean, I mean, I mean, stocky. I've seen clips up there coming oh, out yeah. of the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think... Uh, this player is serious in relation to his attitude, his aggression. He could be sent off a few times as well this season. You know, if what I'm looking at, you know, the kind of way, but he's definitely a player that we needed. Uh, you know, without a shadow of a doubt in, that, in the middle of the park there for me. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of these lads. He'd be similar to a kind of Tommy Gravison, Rich. Like he'd, he'd be fist pumping and waving and eyes glaring and getting stuck in That's what, and we've been missing that really really badly the last few years yeah for me he's someone who sets a tempo you know and uh, mm. you know it gets players around him going get, we'll get fans going hopefully as soon as we get back into the ground and you know that can, can, can lift that whole momentum and it's something that we've been missing for a while um, I suppose in the Gravison thing yeah it can be a little bit eccentric with the pushing or the pumping fist pumping and all that but playing wise mm. I would say kind of suits like like Gan again, the replacement in that aspect, but also once gets on the ball, is able to carry it forward. Is you know very very comfortable with the ball in his feet, real progressive, looking to looking to move it forward all the time. But he makes the tackle, but is up and taking it on and and moving us forward as well. And 
Jesus, did we miss it last season? Like, you know, so it's, yeah. it's, 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 to be honest, it's kind of the one that I'd be more excited about than, than Rodriguez because it's something that's been so glaringly missing from us. Mm. I take it, like, listen, we spoke about it at length, nearly every podcast. The midfield last, especially after lockdown, was, was the main part of the team to let us down, Collie. And listen, there's no mess around with Carlo. We've just gone out and literally bought a whole new midfield. Yeah, and you have to give uh, credit to um, obviously Mr. Mashiri and the club, Joe. That mm. they're, they're obviously financially back, and their manager, you know. Just one more piece, uh, one more uh, thing in relation to Alan. Uh, his recovery pace is un- unbelievable. Uh, he's 29 years of age. I know people and you know fans talk about age and stuff like that. And if 29 years of age is old, but then God, I, I must be on a Zimmer frame at this day. But no, I'm in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> now, just in relation to uh, Alan, um, one of the stats I read last year, he was the fifth highest midfielder uh, for defensive tackles or tackles in Europe, mm. and his, his 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 recovery pace is just surreal. It really is. So he he is bringing that um, Joe t- to the team, you know. And Carlo knows everything about this this lad. And look, I, I have full faith in Carlo and. It, this guy will do a serious job for us next year. He really is. And, and believe me, Joe, if, if Carlo wasn't the manager of Everton Football Club, no disrespect to Marco Silva or any of the other managers that have been before, there'd be no way we'd even be on, in, in conversation with uh, Alan or Rodriguez. Yeah, that's 100%, Rich. I mean, we said that kind of the last part or two at the tail end of last season, that two reasons players are going to come to us Carlo Ancelotti and wages. Yeah, and, and look from from the talks going around as well that Rodriguez is taking a pay cut to join us. So I, and Carlo Ancelotti is the draw, um, and yeah. thankfully the board have got behind him. They've backed him, or their fingers crossed that all these get over the line. And it's you know it, ju- it just goes to show we have to utilize it now until and, and to make it make it count on the, on the on the field as well. But I mean, yeah, I mean. Hundred percent, Carlo Ancelotti has been the been the, been the best signing that we've made in, in in recent times. If he can kind of attract those names for us consistently, because a pipe dream, like you know, if you'd have said to me last October, you know, that in twelve months that Ancelotti be the manager and James Rodriguez be playing for you, I would have said you're out of your mind, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As well, moving on to the car, I, I think he's a different type of player, Carlo. He seems to be like box to box rather than. Totally different to the other two. Like he, he'll have no problem going from one penalty area to the next. No, and it, this is just purely my opinion, Joe. Uh, out of the three names that we have mentioned in the pod already, Dakari would be actually the one I'd, I'd be most uh, pleased with if we got over the line because mm. he, he adds goals as well from a midfield point yeah. of view, Joe. And that's something we haven't had from a, for a long time. And we only scored five last year. Um, and haven't spoken or haven't seen a lot of stuff from Waffle fans, they have all came out and said if you can get to the Corey that they signed, whatever, two or three years ago, um, he'd be, and I do, I, I, I rate him quite highly, Joe, but if he can add six or seven goals plus in a season, it's amazing how far they go from a team's perspective and get us back up uh, the league uh, in, in position, from a position point of view. <clears throat> yeah, that's one thing that is glaring last. Yeah, Richie, we've, we've been missing goals from midfield. 
they just did two seasons ago no Sigurdsson kind of scored 14, 15 goals but like last season the whole midfield went missing yeah, they were non-existent. And yeah, Colly said, yeah, that his goals dropped off to the 7, 5 and 4 in the last three seasons. But you look at Watford as well and the changes that they had made manager-wise and different systems every year. From the player's point of view, it's very hard to kind of keep, you know, reinventing yourself all the time and trying to fall into different systems. And it probably went stale for it. But yeah, I mean, still, geez, I remember us playing Watford and he's always the fellow who was kind of in the way he was every place, like all oh, big, very, very mobile for a fella six foot plus, able to get mm-hmm. around, brings massive energy. So really, really, really good. And I think the, having those legs alongside Alan and I think having those, both of those beside Andre Gomez can really bring the best out of him as well and free up a bit of room for him. So yeah, I, th- I think there's a strategy with the signings, you know, that we know what we're doing and it gives us flexibility to play different ways, which is... Mm. I suppose it's a breath of fresh air compared to when you see that we've sold Lukaku and signed three number 10s. Yeah, yeah. I think just on that point, Kali, where does this all this leave Andre Gomez? Um, for me, I think he might struggle to get into the side. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going to be a starter every week, Joe, and I don't think he'd be the mm. first name on the team sheet. Um, and as 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 it is, if it, if a decent enough offer came in from, could you see the club accepting it? Oh, I don't. I don't think that far. I think no. I don't no. think so. again. Like we we said before that he, like he's come back from a horrific injury and then lockdown mm. happened. So it's going to very very stop start. So I wouldn't be looking to sell him. You could see him Joe in a four three three. That that would be the, the that would be the bit. thing. It would come down to formations, really, wouldn't it? I, I, I personally think... Yeah, I, I could see him in a 4-3-3, personally, but I don't know what Richie thinks of that now. I, I think there'd be a lot of flexibility, and we need to be, you know, that there'd be different setups, home away, you know, getting getting ahead, defending. I think we're going to be so versatile, and I think having the right players, when I'm looking at it, I see, I suppose I'm looking at it and saying, what's the best way to fit them all in? And currently, mm. yeah... I would go a diamond with Alan, you know, Gomez, Decore, and Rodriguez at the, at, the, at the top of it. And then you're easy to drop into a 4 3 3 with Rodriguez pushing up and your other three kind of going flat. So you have different options. But for that, you need, I think you need someone more energetic than Seamus is now on the right hand side to, to, get, to give you that width. Um, so that's probably somewhere where they're looking. But I think we have options in different areas you want to go 4-4-2 I don't think everyone is going to play every day I think we need to start building a squad and players need to understand that as well you know yeah you need to have your best 11 but everyone else will have to play their part as well so it's I think it's good to have different options yeah I think that's a great point that um, the the amount of patience is going to be needed by players here Colly, especially when building a big squad the likes of Gomez Sigurdsson and so on you might have to be patient and not start every game. Yeah, well, we've eight centre midfielders now. Well, we will have eight if we can get these signings over the line. Mm. And we also have Gabamon to come back as well. Um, and this will also ease the pressure on him. That there's no need to rush this chap back, you know, make sure mm. that he's 100% tip-top before he even sets foot on the pitch again, you know? Yeah. Just on that you said, all the midfielders, uh, getting back into the transfer news, do you think we, we'll go out and get another striker somewhere or 
will the likes of Ellis Sims and so on get more game time? I personally think, Joe, instead of going for a striker, we'll go for a, a winger. And there's been more links to wingers rather than strikers. Mm. Um, and that will give them the opportunity to push, push Rick Carlson up in the central role should, should uh, we need to, you know. Um, but I could see us getting bringing in a winger and being a couple of names mentioned and all have been mentioned on loan. So um, I think that's we're looking at the loan market. But the same being some good names mentioned as well, Joe, in fairness. Well, just on that, Colly, I was having a look through the free transfer market and the name just sticking out. I mentioned him before, Ryan Fraser. Absolutely. He's currently up in Newcastle today, Joe, actually Is sticking he? with them. Yeah, okay. over terms of. Sorry, Jim White. I don't have my finger on the pulse. <laughs> yeah, but listen, I've seen him, and even even last year when there was rumours that like Bournemouth were were not going to renew his contract, it's like, wow. I mean, every time I've seen Bournemouth play, he he was kind of one of their standout players, Rich. So I don't know, free transfer, no brainer. Yeah, but then you look at, at at who we are bringing in as well, and say, right, are we kind of setting our sights a little a little higher? You know, no, yeah, it, no, exactly, yeah, yeah, you know, and and just taking someone, and then you're having to give them a contract and everything, and give them, you know, probably four or five years or whatever, and and, and you're and you're tied into it if it doesn't work out. So, yeah, I, I mean, don't mind signing fellas for the sake of it either. Um, mm. I I would like to sign another striker personally. I think yeah, that's a, that's a, the original point, the striker. Yeah, yeah, having someone more. I don't know the phrase "fox in the box," kind of a poacher around the goal, um, is someone mm. that's kind of missing. You know, Richardson. You know the work that he gave DCL. It's the same. You know, so just like kind of yeah. Again, we mentioned Danny Ings kind of pre pre the break or whatever, and someone in that mould as such. You know, but again, yeah. they're not easy come round. You know, if there's if well, there's, a, there's a couple on the on the like I said, this free transfer list I was looking at, and top of the list. Might be a bit far fetched, but if we can get Hamas Rodriguez in, why not? Edison Cavani. Free transfer, Colly. Either him or Daniel Daniel Storage. Thanks. No, but I, it's, again, I'm just going through the list. I think I hit the bottom of the barrel there, but yeah, Cavani. Wait, listen, why not? I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, he, look, this Cavani, I, he, obviously in the story show, uh, he, he knows where the goal is and it'd be a free transfer, huge wages. Um, but if you similar to a Zlatan uh, deal with AC, you pay him whatever, eight or 10 million over the course of 18 months or whatever the case may be. Um, mm. he, he'd go on and get you 15, 20 goals a season in my mind, didn't he? Yeah. It's just point the sky, Rich. I was just picking names. Over. He was top of the shop, so I said, why not? <laughs> why not? Shopping hard is not little, as someone said before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose it shows you don't ask these guys to sign. They don't. They, they you know, you got to have the right approach to them, and it. You hopefully with it, we'll be able to say that it's possible. So, who knows? Mm. But yeah, I think I think a striker just having. I don't know when when Sims didn't really get a run kind of towards the end. You wonder kind of how much he's going to feature. But mm. you know, I suppose football is very you know changes very quick as well you you know you get an injury and someone gets an opportunity it's just about taking those chances so we wait and see mm-hmm. uh, another kind of talking point over the short summer break as well Collie uh, a goalkeeper 
Uh, I know we're linked with Romero, but he looks like he's gone to Villa now, doesn't he? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I think uh, Phil have agreed that eight million pound deal rising to ten or twelve million, depending on appearances. Um, this would have been a goalkeeper that Marcel Brands would have signed for AZ Alkmaar back in the day. And but we we've actually been linked today with two keepers, Joe. So it's obvious that if he wants another one to push Pickford um, to his maximum, let's say. He, 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 it would also suggest that he doesn't trust uh, Lossel uh, and Virginia is just too young at the moment. So, we've been linked today with uh, Jasper Sillison, ex-Barcelona uh, keeper. And another guy, um, Geronimo Ruley. What a name. Um, <laughs> well, now, this, this guy Ruley, I've just done a, a bit of background search on him. He was in Montpellier uh, last year on loan. And he conceded 27 goals out of 28 games. He needed 11 clean sheets. He's six mm. foot three, um, Argentinian as well. We, we, we seem to be concentrating quite a lot, obviously, in the South American market, you know. Mm. So, that, and that could possibly again be on loan with a, a 9 million euro buyout clause at the end of the loan. So, maybe one just to keep an eye on that. Yeah, but what I don't know, would he, would he put pressure on Pickford for the starting place, Rich? Possibly, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with the guy, you know, so, yeah, so yeah. I don't know, but uh, I think someone needs to come in. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think Lossel is kind of the answer to really push him, you know, um, and, and I said Virginia not either. Um, and he needs something, whether it's a whether it's move or what, we don't know, because again, I, I, I don't think that we'll go out and buy one. That's why I was kind of pushing. I know we were talking ourselves during the week about Romero. I thought I thought it was a no-brainer for us to go and get him, but I guess United wanted wanted the sale rather than the rather than the loan. Um, he he would have been perfect for me. Thirty-three. You get him on a loan for a year, and it buys you a bit of time to kind of assess how Pickford does, and if he if he yeah. has errors like he has had kind of recently, that you that you know that you can trust him, proven in the league and everything. So. It's a tough one because again, it's you know they're not easy. Just go and pick a good keeper, you know they're they're yeah. down there. Um, the guy at Newcastle would be a good signing, kind of long term, I think. Uh, Debravka, but uh, he's currently carrying an injury, so you know again, I'd say that'd be kind of more long term that you'd be looking to to invest rather than a loan, obviously. Yeah, I think Carly, that would be really a goalkeeper, possibly possibly a loan for a striker. I think that would be the business for us, really. Don't endorse it. Uh, I would disagree with you to a certain degree, Joe. I think yeah, you're looking at a right back, and I don't think John Joe Kenny is cutting the must. New contrast: Anthony Gordon and Michael Keane. Uh, I think great, great news. I think. Yeah, definitely, Anthony Gordon. It was great to great to see him get tied down five years as well. Um, obviously. I, I think it goes back to who performed well towards the end of lockdown. You see Gordon mm. and you see Keane kind of getting rewarded and the rest are pretty much, you know, that they're, they're up for sale if the right offer comes in. Obviously, we have Holgate who signed one kind of just kind of not too long ago as well and DCL who are mm. just on new contracts and everybody else who hasn't performed is is kind of there and you take Richardson, you take Luca Dean out of it and I think it's only fair. Um, 
uh, Michael Keane, I suppose, it's great to see him being rewarded. And I think it just kind of protects us a bit because if he's going into his last year, it gives us a bit of time. I was a bit surprised that it was five over four because it's a long contract. But again, it's just protecting. makes makes no big deal. But yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see him kind of tie down because if, if fellas are performing well, back in the England squad as well. So it's only going to add value to him. So yeah, no, no, no. Very happy to see yeah, I think Kane Colley was one of our best players after lockdown. Like he was man to match in the, in the probably two or three of the first games. Yeah, I thought he was excellent there, Joe. Post lockdown, I thought he was a shining light on the team. Not that there was many uh, contenders for that accolade, but I thought Michael Kane done really well since he came back uh, post lockdown. Yeah, it'd be interesting seeing now that central uh, defensive formation. I, I, for me personally, I think it's Holgate and. Either Mina or Keane. I think Hogay is like he's touching for a player this season last year for me. So I think he's he's a definite starter. It's just just a matter of who goes in with him. Currently, he's probably Keane. Currently, he's probably Keane, given that he finished kind of the season. You know, and it seems to be whoever's in there, and if they can hold it. Um, I I know it's it's nothing. I thought Holgate was poor against Blackpool. He, he, he was desperate. Who wasn't? <laughs> First ten minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good to have options. I think that's the important thing, you know, that we have that we have bodies there. You have Gibson, you have Brantwaite as well. But yeah, I would think kind of Holgate and one other to start anyway. So and kind of go from there. Yeah. Just on that as well, I suppose. Um, I was kind of saying about the guys who had been rewarded with contracts, but Ancelotti seems to be kind of building his kind of squad and making sure that the bodies that he wants are there. We said Gordon Keane, Calvert-Lewin, Holgate, Brantwit has been given a new contract, and then Nkanku, who has come in as well, looked really good against Blackpool kind of as a, as a longer term. So, you know, that, uh, you know, we talk about the age thing as well, and the foundations are being there kind of in the, for a longer term as well, which is good to see. Yeah, I think it's 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 it'd be ideally to get a mix of that Collie wouldn't experience, but yet giving these young lads like Brantway, Gordon, and so on a chance. Oh, absolutely, yeah, Joe, and and, and you know there was talk of a, a possible uh, Gordon going out on loan. I I can't see that happening, Joe. I, I think he'd mm. be uh, fully part of Carlos squad uh, this season. But could you imagine the experience if we do get Hamas over the line, Gordon? Do you imagine training beside? A, a, a player of this calibre, a day in, yeah. day out, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that it's only beneficial to the club going forward, you know. Yeah. Do you think, uh, just we round off on the transfer stuff, do you think there's anything more going to happen, Collie, uh, other than what we mentioned, right back keeper? Yeah, we, we are allegedly in talks with a young lad from uh, Crystal Palace, Joe, uh, Brandon Avery, or Avero, should I say. Uh, he's a winger. Um, he's a British, uh, English international um, but again, this will be more for the 23s rather than the senior squad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, I, I, again, possibly a keeper, a right full and a winger. And I, I think we may be in for one last big surprise before the end of, this, end of the window. Yeah. Oh, is, is that a guess or a uh, hope? <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think we will get... Um, Gareth Bale. <laughs> Edison Cavani. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip my hat to Lozano. Okay. Okay. Um, the centre half links are gone quiet. Do you, you reckon there's that because we're going to keep both Brantwaite and Gibson, or 
Uh, Huddersfield are interested in Gibson on the season long loan in the championship. So do you oh. reckon he may go out there? So yeah, we we seem to have stopped looking of late for for centre half, right? Unless you get someone in that can play right back and centre half. Yeah, I, I was surprised, but I one question that kind of has been thinking: who's further along in the progression? Is it Brantway or Gibson? I thought Gibson done really well when he came on against Blackfield. Now I know be it, it's only a a friendly game, but I thought Gibson was played really well. So. I thought maybe Brandway would have gone. I know Watford again was linked with him with the the Corey deal. I didn't know whether you know would that have been a better option for Brandway this 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 season, regular game time rather than sitting on the bench. I'm not too sure. Obviously, I don't see the chat the young lad day in day out on the training pitch. But I think he's been solid enough when he when he's come in, Rich. To be honest, uh, so I think he might fancy his chances of being one of those. That slots in beside Hogay. My my take on it um, is simply that there was a kind of a plot laid out for Gibson that he'd go for kind of half the season last last season. He'd go for twelve, go for the full season this season. Mm. Uh, Brandweight has kind of stepped into the mix now, but he only came into the club recently as well. So I'd like to kind of keep him around the club for twelve months, and he's a bit younger as well, so he gets twelve months kind of around Finch Farm, around the players, gets familiar with it. Then he still has a year where he can go out next season, and by by that stage, Gibson is ready to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we'll take a short break, uh, folks. We'll come back and talk about some other uh, plans we'd have ourselves going forward. So, uh, like we did last year, here's a little bit of music. See if you can guess the team tune. Talk to you in a sec. Welcome back, folks. Uh, that little piece of music was the ITV World Cup intro for 1986 World Cup. A great World Cup, indeed. Before a lot of people's time, but great nonetheless. Okay, we'll just touch briefly on tomorrow's uh, last pre-season. Last pre-season, friendly. It's mad. It's only been two. But uh, tomorrow against Preston, Collie, I can't see many first-team players being... Including this, to be honest. Uh, now, Joe, kind of looking at the players that are, are there, I think I think, actually think there'll be a, an under 23 uh, lad in goal for us tomorrow because obviously Pickford and Russell are both out, and Virginia is on Portuguese international duty as well. But you'll have, I think you'll have a Wobie, and you'll, you'll, you know, you'll have Tom Davis in the middle of the park. Sigerson uh, didn't go away with his country, so. You'll have a, 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 a half a dozen, maybe if not more, first team players who will try and, you know, possibly one more time prove to Carlo that they're worthy of their place in, in, in the team. And obviously, we're looking now forward to the Spurs game Sunday week. So you know, I think uh, it's, it's not really much of a game, Joe, uh, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I think as well, just on that, Rich, having the international matches like at this, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Shocking, yeah. I mean, I understand their point of view that they need to play their games and they need so many weeks and stuff, but the week before the league starts, you know, and I, to be honest, you look at what's going on around the world and, uh, you know, with, with COVID and players coming from all corners of it that, you know, we've seen kind of camps that have had, and, you know, I suppose if it was to explode again or whatever, it could just be a catalyst. And it's, it seems crazy that because, you know, just a week, the week before the, the league starts, I, I don't understand it, but I don't know who makes these calls. Yeah, it's not just that, Colly. A lot of players, they're not fit. So, I mean, why are they playing two internationals in three or four days? Yeah, the big, obviously, the, the big issue for us or any uh, footballer, footballer team is injuries, Joe. And the last mm. thing you need now is. National side at the moment, or even Pickford, you know, the last thing you need is Pickford to, to go on because at the moment, I'd rather Pickford over Lossel starting Sunday week, personally, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It seems a very strange time, but as Richie said, possibly a way to have made the decision to go ahead with these two games because of backlogs and, and what have you, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I just don't get it. And then there's an international weekend at the end of September, start of October again. So it's just stop starting. It's just timing. It's just crazy. Okay. Uh, we'll just touch on a few ideas we have for uh, the upcoming season on the podcast. Uh Collie has a great initiative uh, about the women's team special. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Cal? Yeah, obviously the women's team, I don't know whether people are aware, it's been a huge, huge uh, investment made in the women's side of the club. Um, and, and they had a pre-season last week, which they won 5-0. And the season itself is starting this Sunday. So I'm going to, over the next few weeks, uh, take a look in to basically what has happened on the women's side of things and hmm. it's an area of the club I'm sure that the hierarchy wants to promote more obviously the women's game is getting so massive now and, and just the support for the women's game so I'm going to do my best job over the next few weeks just to try and delve into exactly what has happened on the women's side in the club and and have a little bit of a report in a week or two for you on it and hopefully and wish all the the girls the best of luck for the, the, the season ahead. But uh, I'm led to believe there's great hope or optimism uh, for the coming season for, for the ladies' team this year. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't follow the women's football that much, but bits I do read on, on the Everton website and Facebook, whatever, there's a lot of transfer movement goes on within the women's game. I mean, literally from season to season, switching between teams. Yeah, I, I, I think we've brought in seven players this year uh, on the women's side, Joe, um, mm. and a couple of well-known internationals, you know. So, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, I, I find it very interesting. And again, I hope to speak to one or two people um, over the course of the next few weeks that would have a, a huge uh, interest in that side of the game. So hopefully I'll be able to come back and, and give you some good uh, details on it, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, another thing, Rich, as well, we kind of look into now, uh, just speaking to businesses in around Goodison Park uh, about how the COVID has impacted them. Obviously, the likes of the Winslow, the pubs, like the Brick, Royal Oak, and such and such. But 
get get speaking to them as well as uh, St. Luke's, which uh, I don't know if you go in there much, but it's I would spend all day there. It's just a treasure trove of uh, like Everton memorabilia programs and whatever. Yeah, I'm always going to go for a wander in there as well. But I, I I love the idea of speaking to these people and just kind of get how their how their day lines up before match day and stuff like that. You know, when you know that you know your regular size business or whatever, and you've forty or thousand people kind of coming on your doorstep, kind of the preparations that are involved in it, and you could be doing it twice a week or whatever it is. So yeah, it's all really interesting and looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. So going to try and get some uh, another couple of interviews with ex players. Uh, and also continue the series of Everton and Me, which basically, if anyone hasn't heard them before, is basically just speaking to people and asking their Everton story, how they became an Everton fan, what first got them involved in the club and so on. So I, was, I, I, I love hearing people's stories of how they became an Everton fan. Like I said before, especially uh, people outside the UK, how they became attracted to, to the club itself. Is Another, there any stout, Joe? Just sorry, just one before we go on from that. Obviously, we, we've set up the Twitter page, Kill on the Code, the Irish Toffees podcast. And we've reached out now to a lot of international uh, uh, fan clubs on mm-hmm. Twitter. So, obviously, if, if any of the uh, guys or girls are listening to this and if they do want to do that piece, maybe with you, maybe just to throw us a comment or a, a message uh, via Twitter and we'd be able to reply. Um, with them, you know, uh, could be an option going forward just to see how someone in Brazil or wherever they, they may be in the world started to, to support our great club as such. Yeah, 100%. Just leading into that, uh, nice segue. The new Twitter account set up. Uh, I, I don't frequent Twitter that much, so it'll be Rich and Collie looking after all that nonsense. Uh, at Oris Toffee's Pod is the new handle. So uh, looking forward to that, Rich, are you? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a it's a good, great platform for engaging with fans around the world. Um, it's I suppose we all know the the reach that it can have, and it, it it just puts us out there, and it's an easy way to communicate with everything that's that's going on from day to day. I suppose things change so fast, and things are thrown at us, and rather than waiting for us to kind of, I suppose to have a chat about it here, that you know sometimes we can kind of engage there as well. So yeah, really looking forward to to, to having more engagement across the board. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the main point, Colin. Just engagement between fans and just different opinions. People want to t- tell us. People want to tell us we're talking rubbish. Walk away. It's just the more the merrier. Just on that as well, Colin. A great idea. You come up with uh, the tail end of last season is uh, previewing when we preview a game. Get a fan of the opposition team on. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have reached out to a number of clubs, both uh, fan clubs, should I say, Joe, both here in, in Ireland and across the water in the UK. And I've had some uh, replies back. So it is something that I'll follow up and just to see if, if that is achievable uh, going forward. But it certainly would add uh, a really good element to our podcast, I believe, uh, going forward anyway. Yeah, I take a word, Rich, just to get a, a different point of view from, from an opposing team. We might yeah. we might not be able to get in touch with someone from Liverpool. I don't know. We might struggle. Then. Well, I think it it give struggle us, on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it'd give us a great kind of opinion of, on what other clubs are thinking about us and where they see us mm. like that. Not just on on the game itself, but to see kind of how we're progressing throughout the season and how opinions change and stuff like that. And it's always interesting to see because obviously we're 
in the bubble and completely biased and, and want to see the best. So from someone kind of on the outside to see, do they see us kind of as, as challengers, kind of where they, where they kind of expect us to finish. So different things like that are, are always really good to, I suppose, to try to lose some of the bias kind of through, <laughs> through our analysis and stuff. So yeah. yeah, I think that's as well a good point to reach a call that it, getting other fans' perspective on Everton like what they think of us obviously you're going to get people say ah you're so brutal they're living on history and so on but it's uh, it'd be interesting to hear other people's views of our club yeah obviously we live in a blue bubble Joe so everything in our club is all rosy in the garden etc etc but yeah I would agree with Richie it'd be interesting from not purely from say even a Liverpool fans point of view but someone that supports uh, you know uh, in Leicester City, let's say, or a Man City, you know, the kind of way. So let's see exactly what they, they see as the club because, again, I know you're not a lover of Twitter, but Twitter can, can be a, a good indication of how fans are perceiving not just our club, but any club throughout the league, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it will certainly add um, an entertaining value to the podcast going forward. Yeah, yeah. Just on that point as well, anybody is welcome to come on any time they want. They can just get in touch with us through either the new Twitter page or email us, info at uh, All viewers, welcome. All participants, uh, welcome. Just some little bits of Irish Toffees news. We will, again, be using the woolshed on Parnell Street as our uh, match day base in Dublin. Uh, there are quite a few pubs actually dotted around the country. I know there's definitely one in Waterford, there's definitely one in Cork, and there's definitely one in Clonmel where Everton fans meet up to watch. So, uh, that and also the AGM is scheduled if you haven't got your email for this Sunday at 1 pm, just to email Geraldine at irishtoffees.com to let her know if you're going to come on. And on the woodshed, Stuart at orishtoffees.com is the man to look for there because during the COVID restrictions you have to book and all that nonsense. So I think that's it for today, lads. Uh, anything else you want to throw in, Collier Rich? Not really, no. I suppose the only other thing that, that, that springs to mind since we've been away was I suppose the, the stadium update that we had last week. Mm. Um, you know, there was some really re- Really small redesign changes and things like that. Um, yeah, to, personally, I thought that they, that it looked really well aesthetically, gave it a bit bit more balance. But just mm. happy to see that it's still progressing in the background. I think a two month delay isn't anything substantial given the the turmoil that the whole world has been in. So yeah, I mean, it it, it seems positive, you know, that they're upfront about their expected kind of challenges and things like that. So mm. hopefully, all kind of progressing along nicely. Yeah, I think there was a couple, or there is. And expect a couple of uh, appeals coming in from like historic England and a couple of UNESCO or whatever. But I can't say that how in the back colleague. I think this this has to happen, not just for Everton Football Club, but for the the city itself, the regeneration. It just has to happen. Yeah, and and you know, looking at be it the Lord Mayor of Liverpool or any of the top politicians, and. Um, these are all saying the same thing. It's the regeneration of the area, particularly, Joe, with the whole pandemic issue at the moment. Mm. This is going to create thousands of jobs in, in, in the immediate uh, future. Mm. I, I genuinely can't see anything holding up, Joe. And I, I fully expect 
spades to be in the ground by early first quarter of 2021. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Okay, that's it for today, lads. Welcome back. Enjoyed getting back into the saddle, as they say. It was uh, enjoyable. Next week, we'll be previewing. Obviously, we're back into the real McCoy spores. And uh, looking forward to I always, the night before Christmas, it feels like it's just, uh, just, I know it's only been a couple of weeks since, since football's gone, but you've missed it. A lot has changed in those three weeks when you talk about who the, the names we're bringing in and stuff. So the excitement is well and truly back and, and looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we just need to stay. We need to have a little, little bit of patience. I know it's hard for us seven fans have patience, but I promise, promise it'll be a very positive week or before transfer window. I genuine a very positive uh, league season come up for us. I thoroughly believe that. Yeah, fingers crossed. Okay, boys. See you again next week. Take it easy. See you, Joe. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website, www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.